0: Today's podcast is brought to you by It's All Your Fault, a new podcast from the scene about the Nashville Predators. The show features David Beauclair and Megan Sealing talking about all things Preds. Beauclair's covered the team for two decades, which gives him as much perspective on the franchise as anyone in Nashville. Sealing was a Predators fan before even moving to Nashville five years ago, keeps a small shrine to Victor Arvidsson on her desk, and is personal friends with Peter Laviolette's Turtle. This may or may not be true. With one insider and one outsider and and a range of guests, they'll follow the team's quest to return to the Stanley Cup Finals. You can subscribe to It's All Your Fault on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn today. And now, the best in Nashville. Coming to you from the ugliest building in the Gulch, it's the Nashville Scenecast. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please rate us. Please leave us a comment. We want to say thanks up front to Jeff the Brotherhood for our intro music. We are the champions from the Diamond Way album. Go buy it wherever you can buy, wherever you buy good music. It is our special Best of Nashville edition. The Best of Nashville is really two parts. First is a reader's poll. We ask readers online for their suggestions about the best places, things, people around Nashville, everything from home goods and services to arts and culture, to music, to food, to media and politics. But the second piece is, and we as a staff spend the year trying to cultivate the very best of, of Nashville, everything from best sandwich to best art gallery to best Republican and Democrat. It's a it's a Herculean effort. Somebody asked me, how big is the issue? And I said, well, if the average issue has some front of the book stuff, a cover story, our critics picks, and all of our back of the book features, then this issue is all of that plus 18 other cover stories. I'm really proud of the work that our staff puts into it every year. Plus, if you are a fan of the Southern Festival of Books, there are more than 20 pages of features in the back of this year's issue Uh, including interviews and reviews and all sorts of good stuff about what is uh, what is arguably the best book event in the south now obviously we're not going to be able to fit all of the best in Nashville into one podcast so what I've done is ask our staff to come in and give us a couple of their favorites from this year's issue we hope you enjoy it thanks for listening
1: Stephen Hale. I'm a staff writer.
0: Uh, Stephen, what category do you want to talk about?
1: Best media outlet. Did we win? We did not win. But uh, why did we not we, win? We took ourselves out of the running. If we can't
0: rig our own, it's damn a conflict contest. of interest. All right. So who won?
1: Uh, WPLN, our friends. Nice. I was about to say across the street, but they're far away actually. But uh, chose WPLN. I really admire all the work they do um, for a number of reasons. But one thing is, I think they're actually closest to what we try to do here. Uh, in the local media landscape, as much fun as we have uh, poking the And WPLN is really more in our lane in the sense that it's a small staff. They're balancing some breaking news with some uh, sort of more interesting features. Um, And I'm just always impressed by what they managed to pull off um, and how they managed to do that balance, whether it's policing stories. I mean, there were several times this year where they – came out with stories that I was chasing myself um, before I could get them. Um, so I bitterly tipped my hat to them. But um, also just things that no one else was going to take time to look into, but that have been interesting. They've done really cool stuff in podcasts too, I think, with uh, Curious Nashville and some new things that they're doing too. So
0: Great. Yeah. Uh, is there another category you want to talk about?
1: Sure is. I uh, wanted to touch on another one I wrote, uh, best low-key protest.
0: And what was the winner?
1: The winner was uh, a wreath of flowers that someone placed on the uh, Trail of Tears sign out on Old Hickory Boulevard, um, and this is actually a sign that I drive by on my way to work every day. Um, so, but
0: but specifically, when did they when did they do make the protest? Uh,
1: the 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 protest wreath was put up back in I'm forgetting the month. Whenever Donald Trump came here uh, to place a wreath himself at the Hermitage at the gravesite of. Andrew Jackson, um, which is uh, just down the road from this sign that marks the Trail of Tears. And on that day or ahead of that the president's arrival, someone put this wreath of flowers up on this sign and uh, it remains there to this day. Um, it's really kind of striking because it's it's this kind of sign you might be likely to miss otherwise but now there are these flowers
0: and with all the talk about uh, about the about trump and loving andrew jackson and sort of the parallels that, that that certainly they they and then steve bannon wanted to make about loving jackson i thought that was really interesting for his arrival that that popped up
1: It was very interesting yeah and some folks um at who were protesting outside his speech had signs related to andrew jackson and some of his misdeeds as well um so it was an interesting sort of counter to the president's uh, attempt to kind of wrap himself in Andrew Jackson's legacy while ignoring all the more problematic parts of it.
0: Every year we do a best Democrat, best Republican in the in the uh, media and politics section. Uh, who is the best Democrat this year?
1: Well, so this is always tricky because we always struggle to come up with a Republican that we want to honor in this way, and we always struggle to come up with a Democrat. Who has been elected to an office in Tennessee <laughs> uh, gets increasingly <laughs> difficult. But this year, uh, there was a tie for best Democrat between John Ray Clemens um, in the state house uh, and Jeff Yarbrough, who's a state senator.
0: And why why those two? Uh,
1: both of them and Kerry wrote a great blurb. Uh, our Carrie Wade Gervin, our colleague, wrote a great blurb about them in the uh, in the issue. But both of them have been. Very outspoken, which is basically all that can be asked of a Democratic office holder in Tennessee right now, um, is to, to not hold your tongue when this torrent of bad legislation is moving through the legislature. Um, both of them have been effective spokespeople for the Democrats and uh, will probably be candidates for higher office at some point. And then in this near future, I would guess.
0: And then best Republican,
1: best Republican three years running, <laughs> state senator Steve retire Dickerson. the crown. That's right. We may have to stop giving this out. I mean, Steve Dickerson. The funny thing is, it's not that he's. And we're not doing that thing that um, you you see some sort of left leaning outfits do. Sometimes we're just honoring a uh, a Republican who's essentially not a Republican. I mean, this is a, a conservative Republican guy. He he just has not been. Uh, completely bonkers. I mean, that you know, he and he has he's supported...
0: A, he's a really thoughtful... He's yeah, a,
1: he's a thoughtful legislator. He um, supported uh, medical marijuana in a, in a thoughtful way and kind of tried to bring about a, a, a thoughtful conversation about that. He has opposed some bad things that have been often brought up by his, you know, caucus when he didn't really have much to gain by doing so. I mean, so.
0: sometimes he was the only... He was the only no yes, vote on... Yes, he's been it.
1: the only no vote on a... A number of things it's interesting he's in a district that is a closer uh you know a closer split between democrats and republicans and that may be why he's able to do that he was also just if our listeners uh don't remember he's also the one who uh last year was attacked by a right wing a primary opponent with the famous flyer that had an isis welcome mat and claimed he was <laughs> trying to welcome terrorists into our country just because he opposed uh certain immigration restrictions so he's an interesting guy
2: my name is megan Sealing. i am the culture editor
0: megan what's your category
2: best cuddle
0: puddle and uh which uh who's the winner
2: old friends dog sanctuary old friends senior dog sanctuary i should say out in mount juliet
0: great um tell us a little bit about old friends
2: this place is like heaven on earth as I said, in the Best of Nashville issue. It is this amazing like old warehouse, I think, that's been like emptied out.
0: I think it's an old nursery. Is it
2: yeah. an old nursery? Oh, that would make sense. They have a lot of different rooms, but they have taken all of the old dogs in middle Tennessee or as many as they can, who are too old to be adopted uh, or too ill to be adopted. And they have brought them to this building. They have filled it with dozens of couches and armchairs and rugs and dog beds. And there's a garden in the back and there are dozens and dozens of just old, happy, retired. It just
0: sounds like dog heaven.
2: It's the best. And like it when I first heard about it, I thought it would be a little depressing. It sounded a little sad to me. I'm a dog owner. The idea of my dog getting old, it's a very sad concept. But um, I went out there. You can take a tour for a $10 donation, and they show you the area where they make all the food. Like, imagine how many medicines those dogs have to take on a daily basis. They have this entire system worked out. uh, And then you can meet all of the dogs. Like, you walk into this gated area and, like, 30 little dogs like come waddling and and jumping up and barking at you to say hello and get head pats it's really, really amazing. It
0: reminded me uh, a little bit of like Ace Ventura where he he walks into his apartment and kind of opens his arms up and like all the animals come running out. And they flock.
2: Yeah, yeah. They want attention. There are some dogs that are cool. They stay off to the back, but you can still go pet them. Um, There is one dog named Archie who I'm in love with. Um, (laughs) And I kind of wanted to take Archie home, but I don't think my my dog that I do already have would appreciate that. Um, But you can, if you go there and visit the dogs, you can either volunteer or just take the tour. If you do meet a dog and fall in love, they do allow people in Middle Tennessee to foster these dogs, and then they will pay for all of the vet bil- vet bills. I think so they- they're called forever fosters. Forever fosters. Yeah. And so, like, and I, the, one of the women who was working there was saying that she's had dogs that have that she's brought home to her home, uh, and they've you know they've had a good six months with her, up to like two years with her. So some of these dogs still have a good little bit of life left, and they just. They just want to chill and sleep and play a little bit. But a lot of them are like, mm, I'm retired. I'm going to nap in the sun.
0: <laughs> um, what was the, you had another category uh, over in food? What was it? Yeah.
2: Best dessert food truck. Uh, this was something that was new this year. It just started this spring. It was Frizon Soft Serve. And uh, it wasn't until they opened this year that I knew. I liked cotton candy on ice cream. Really? I did not know. Yeah. Um, and here we are. Now my life has changed. But it's actually soft serve gelato, not ice cream. So it has a really nice butterfat content. It's really smooth. But it's like, and,
0: a, it's like beat the clock.
2: But it's, yeah, exactly. And so they roll it in all of these toppings And if it's pretty hot that day, then it will start running all over your hands. The sprinkles are going to like fall down, melt down to your elbows, uh, so you have to eat it very quickly. It's a good problem. Yeah. But now would be a good time of year to go. It's a little bit cooler. You have a little more time. You don't have to worry about making a mess all over anything.
3: I'm D. Patrick Rogers. I'm the managing editor. D. Patrick Rogers. That's uh, right. Well, that's the byline anyway.
0: <laughs> um, give me the give me the category that you want to talk about.
3: I want to talk about best supergroup. Best supergroup. Yeah. Who's the winner? Well, the winner was uh, Bermuda Triangle. This is a band that formed very recently uh, with three members. It's Brittany Howard, uh, well known for being the front woman of the Alabama Shakes, as well as Becca Mann, and Jesse LaFzer. Both of them are pretty talented songwriters in their own right. And this year they did kind of a cool thing where it, it just was going to be sort of a one-off. They played the show uh, for She Shreds at the Basement East in July. And they said, oh, this will probably be our last show. But it kind of went well and they ended up booking some more gigs and playing out a little bit. And it was just kind of one of those only in Nashville sort of moments that, you know, it, it just they sold out the show, of course. I mean, Brittany Howard can sell tickets any, anytime she decides to play anything. For good reason, you know. And uh, all three of them have great stage pres- presence and just cool kind of folk songs. They have beautiful voices that mesh well together. So that was kind of one of those unexpected things. It's very music city and felt like it belonged in Best of Nashville.
0: Um, talk a little bit about some of the albums that are in. There's a big wide range in, yeah. in the music section.
3: Well, we tried to cover a lot of ground this year in the music section because there was so much ground covered by releases this year. I mean, obviously you have kesha releasing a huge comeback pop album this year which was massive but also in in rock we put um blank range with best rock record we talked about daddy issues with the best punk record. it's a great album it's a really good one um there was R. Lamar, um we mentioned loss who put out a metal record lily hyatt for americana i mean there was really just honestly we were spoiled this year with a lot of stuff so we just kind of found different categories to give each of them, but a lot of really tremendous releases this year. Um, Tristan got a mention for Best Album Release Show, which she did at the American Legion on the east side. Kind of a star-studded night um, for that release. And so people,
0: people love playing that place, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of got a, uh, you know last vestige of East Nashville authenticity to it.
0: Can you talk a little bit about that show? I mean, that show
3: was... Yeah, absolutely. It was, well, it was emceed by Chris Crofton, who some listeners and readers may recognize for from his uh, column for us, Advice King. So he was wearing this tacky, horrible powder blue tuxedo, of course. And um, Tristan just called up different um, singers and performers to kind of...
0: Some murderer's row.
3: Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, uh, Vanessa Carlton was in there and, and you know, just... Caitlin Rose, all kinds of people came up. Josh Headley came up and would do a a song of theirs or or play with her a little bit, and it was just a great turnout. The place was packed. There was a line to get in. And, you know, one of those things, whenever you go to a show like that at the American Legion or anywhere else that doesn't tend to have necessarily, you know, that many rock shows, you'll kind of see the line for the bar going nearly out the door and, you know, (laughs) these uh, (laughs) the bartenders who aren't quite used to that much business kind of running back to fetch more Coors Light and that sort of thing so it's always kind of cool to dump a bunch of tips on those those folks while we're at it you know so that was definitely one of the best local shows of the year and we mentioned that as well all right so why don't you introduce yourself
0: my name is Steve Cavendish and I'm the editor
3: what are you going to talk to us about Steve
0: uh I'm going to talk about best new restaurant
3: Mm. what do you got
0: This year's best new restaurant is a tie uh, between Nikki's Coal Fired in the Nations and Henrietta Red in Germantown.
3: Mm. So uh, both of them pretty new. Both of them pretty new.
0: Both of them kind of organized around giant ovens. Uh, Nikki's Coal Fired has a giant coal fired oven, hence the name, uh, named Enrico in beautiful Italian tile uh, across the top of it. uh, That there's. Most of the menu goes through Enrico. Uh, there's all sorts of pastas and pizzas, and it's more of a Trattoria-style uh, Italian experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Galzin is a very talented chef. He and his wife, Caroline, uh, run the place, and it's, uh, it, it is the place that I keep sending people back to um, at, for like a good casual meal. Uh, but that does not, just because it's casual does not mean that they are casual about their food. They are very, very precise about the small menu. And it's, it's, it's one of the best meals. One of the best several meals uh, <laughs> I've had this year. The other ones, Henrietta Red, uh, Julia Solomon and Allie Poindexter. Julia the chef. Allie Poindexter is the GM, uh, have opened this place in Germantown. Uh, again, it's a wood oven, uh, they don't do pizzas. Their oven kind of burns at about 500 degrees as opposed to Enrico, which goes, I think, like 800 or 850. Ah. Um, so you get the, over at Nicky's, you're getting those those Neapolitan style pizzas. Over at Henry um, Henrietta Red's, you're getting a lot of like braised dishes, a lot of like kind of deep comfort food. And one of the things I, I like about it, it's a small plates format and it, you know, small plates may be sort of almost sort of played out. But they put so much effort and thought into each dish that it's really an enjoyable experience. They have this amazing raw bar. Some, I think, it's probably the best oysters in town. Their sourcing is amazing. It's just, uh, it's just a fantastic experience. But both the thing that Nikki's and Henrietta Red have in common is their service is just outstanding. Uh, and when you have not just I put and I put this in the write up. When you have one great restaurant open in a year, you're really lucky. And we got two this year, and we're really fortunate.
3: Yeah, sounds like it. Okay, well, what about uh, what else you got for us? Something about sandwiches?
0: Uh, Yeah, best sandwich. Where is it? (laughs) It's a subculture, uh, which is down Old Hickory Boulevard at Nolansville Road, uh, and it's their Churrasco. Ah, This Uh, is a
3: contested category. This is everybody's uh, got opinions about sandwiches. Everybody
0: has, we, we had a whole sandwich issue earlier this year, and Really, you could see lots of love coming out for different places. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's this marinated Argentinian beef. It's kind of the construction of it is what makes it. Uh, you you start with uh, you start with bread and then tomato and then this beef and then there's avocado and then there's a runny egg and then there's aioli on top and. It's a it's a knife and fork sandwich. You can't eat it just one at a time. I mean, with with two hands, it is uh, the best sandwich I put in my mouth all year long. And I eat a lot of sandwiches. You sure do.
3: Yeah, firsthand, I've seen <laughs> seen the carnage in the sandwich department around here.
0: But it's uh it is it's a great place. It's really small, and they they have a very limited menu. And and this is really the star of that menu. Mm.
4: Hi, I'm Laura Hudson. I'm the arts editor.
0: And Laura, what category do you want to talk about?
4: Let's talk about Best New
0: Gallery. Great. Who's the winner?
4: Elephant Gallery. Um, it's a art gallery that Alex Lockwood opened on Buchanan Street in North Nashville.
0: And what, what made it your Best New Gallery this year?
4: I think it fits um, a specific um, hole that was in Nashville's gallery scene for really... F- forward-looking art that is by emerging artists, but is also really accessible and fun.
0: So the the kinds of things I'm going to see in there are not, for instance, I'm not going to see old Dutch masters paintings in this. In this. Right,
4: right. There's not going to be that kind of stuff. There is um, The first uh, exhibit that came out of there was paper mache animals um, with big, I don't know, bold faces, um, big... Features bright colors it's by um, an artist named Brett Douglas Hunter, um, and and then his grandfather actually has a show that is up right now. It's the first show that he's ever, um, it's the first time he's ever exhibited his work. Um, his grandfather's uh, Brett Douglas Hunter's grandfather's name is Don Shul, and he makes these fucking phenomenal like figures that are they're called like kinetic figures, and it's. Um, it's like there's sort of if you would wind it up and it moves forward and it's sort of like a puppet. There is one that is a um a little wooden carving of Michael Jordan wearing the you know his like jersey is 20 23 jersey and he's you you pull this pull this crank and he starts chasing this box of Wheaties <laughs> that is also running and it's just like hilarious and perfect and wonderful
0: and you also wanted to talk about uh the arts and culture section this year is really good really strong but you wanted to talk about yeah. a, a, one more category what was it
4: right best mural um the there's a guido von helton um mural that's been getting so much attention out in another um neighborhood that is not really represented that um often in the art scene, and that is in the nations. It's on a big,
0: uh, and it's not. Uh, this is not a small piece either. No,
4: no. I um, I did some research, and it's the same size as the Statue of Liberty. Wow. Um. Yeah. Who's uh, the
0: Who's the man who's in the mural?
4: He's um a longtime resident of uh, the nations. I think he's been there since the '30s. Wow. Um, and he came out and posed, um, for this artist uh, who's just. I mean.
0: The scale he works on is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing I find fascinating about it, too, is that you come, you come driving up 51st, right. and then all of a sudden, bam, there it is. Like yeah. You, you kind of can't see it, and then all of a sudden, it is there, and it's huge. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it is monumental, and it's really a neighborhood-defining, if not city-defining piece of work.
5: I'm Stephen Trageser. I'm the music editor.
0: Stephen, what category do you want to talk about?
5: Let's talk about Best New Hip Hop Event. Great. Who won? Uh, the Tuesday Super Cipher at Bearded Iris Brewing. Awesome. Why'd they win? It's it's an event that uh, I know Al D., uh, the guy who puts on uh, the Mint for the Milk Crate quarterly series that had recently right. got. Anyway, he'd been inviting me out to this thing for a long time. I finally got to come out. I thought it was his event. It is actually not. Um, it's it's uh, by another longtime local DJ, a guy who goes by Dirt Bike Mike. Um, you know, just, he brings out his turntables and a PA, um, and, you know, every Tuesday night from like seven to 10, it's a free thing. People just come out to the tap room there in Germantown. And it's just, it's, it's, it's such a cool thing to see, you know, you see things like white supremacists doing all, you know, feeling emboldened to do all of these horrible things in public. And here's just a diverse group of people. And I mean, it's, it's a wide range of ages, races, skill levels, um and they all just you know they've found something that they really love which is hip hop they come together to just kind of hang out and celebrate it and enjoy it you know, it's it's sort of like an open mic thing but not exactly
0: and that's the interesting thing is it's not like it's some super polished sort of event
5: yeah it's just it's it's really getting kind of back almost to the kind of like the a very old idea of folk music in terms of you know people whatever people have on their minds, um, improvise a verse, they, or or two or three, you know, some folks, you know, kind of are a little bit timid about it at first, you know, people come out who haven't done it before. This is kind of, you know, a way to sort of get your feet wet. Uh, but then there are also polished people who, you know, regularly play around town who will come out and, and, you know, take for two or three minutes and just kind of talk about what's on their mind. Um, and then, you know, you, you say your piece, you show off your, you show off your skills and you pass the mic to the next person and they.
0: Awesome. Uh, what's another category you wanted to talk about?
5: Uh, let's talk about, uh, best pop artist. Who won? Uh, R, R Lamar. Um, that's, uh, Reggie Lamar Williams Jr. Um, he is a gentleman, f- uh, originally from Florida who had moved to Nashville. Um, as he had told our contributor, Lance Consett, when he interviewed him for a feature back in April, um, he'd moved to Nashville partly because he had an idea about wanting to make pop music, uh, you know, in kind of a contemporary sort of R and B influenced style, but not try to do it in a town where there was an established sound for that already. Um, so that was, one and, of the and that is
0: true it is not established in Nashville.
5: Yeah, exactly. And it's what makes his stuff so exciting. I mean, it's, it's like it, it, he's come, he's come up with this idea of a sound that he likes and. Um you know he's already uh gaining a lot of national attention i mean uh he one of the big kind of bullet points to his story is that um kind of early on after he'd released one of his first songs, it got put on uh a spotify playlist that helped it blow up basically he's a well known guy across the country and he's only got a handful of songs uh so far but i mean he's a great songwriter he is he has an awesome stage presence um he has an incredible voice too. And just, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely not the only, there is, there is a pop scene that is developing itself in Nashville. He's kind of the tip of the iceberg as far as that goes, but you couldn't ask for anybody better to sort of be a representative of this, of this kind of new scene that's sort of establishing itself. And that's, that's an awesome thing to see. I'm Stephen Elliott, staff writer.
0: Stephen, what, uh, what category are you going to talk about?
5: We've got the
6: best new voice on the radio.
0: And who's the winner?
6: That would be Mariban Knight. She's at WPLN, our local public radio station.
0: Great. They've won a bunch of stuff this year. Why, uh, why'd, you, why'd you like her?
6: Well, I've, I've been here about the same amount of time as she has, I think. And so when I moved to Nashville, I was driving back and forth to work. always have WPLN on. And I would hear her voice, her stories, and I always thought they were pretty good. But all their stories are pretty good. Um, <laughs> but I was at the podcast party a few months back. And she did a, a, a live production of a Curious Nashville episode with puppets, no less. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty brilliant. Um, but the, the episode itself centered on one house, was torn down and, and to make room for a new development um, in East Nashville. And so she, she followed the house. She followed the demolition. She went to the dump where they, they took all the old material. And then she even found a, a woman who had grown up in that house as a little girl and talked to her about the the house and some of the photos she'd found and all this this kind of stuff. And so so that was um, just a, a great story that kind of tells the complicated questions that you have to answer when we look at how well Nashville's done from an economic standpoint in the last few it, years. I it's a
0: great way to cover the growth story.
6: And, and another one she did was similar. It told a similar story. Uh, it was about these two churches. It ended up making it on the Marketplace, the national uh, show, about – these churches that were wrestling with whether to sell or not, because their property was so valuable now, just the same sort of thing. They've been there for decades. Now their properties are worth three million dollars, and what do you do?
0: Right. What else, What other categories do you want to mention? Uh,
6: we had one best historian, um, which was David Ewing, who was on this very podcast just, a, co- on, just, a, just a few weeks time. ago. Yeah, yeah. So we had him on to talk about the Ryman. Uh, he's helped them look at some of their history. This is their one hundred twenty fifth. Anniversary, but in the last year, he's also helped with the Frederick Douglass Park, which was missing a, an S on the end of the name, um, so he got that added back to kind of correct that.
0: And it, and it's now honoring the right person,
6: right, right. So that was one interesting thing he did in the past year. He also helped to get a street downtown renamed for Ann Dallas Studley, who's a famous suffragist from Nashville. Um, so he's just he's a historian and in an interesting, very very public way
0: because most of the time historians are ensconced in libraries and digging into old materials. And David does a lot of that, but I mean, a lot of his findings are very public.
6: Yeah. And, uh, so that's been fun to, to kind of watch his work this past year.
0: Next up, we have Elizabeth Jones, who's the scenes art director. Uh, Elizabeth, what section is your, is your bond from?
7: It's in the kids section.
0: And what's the, what's the category?
7: Best NICU
0: and who did you pick?
7: Monroe Carroll Junior Children's Hospital, otherwise known as Vandy NICU. Uh,
0: and why did you why did you want to highlight uh, Vandy's NICU?
7: Um, well, I had a son who was in the NICU last year and was just blown away by not only the facility but also the staff. They're super caring. They'll care for your kids like they're their own. Um, even though they care for almost 100 babies a day. They also were rated number nine in the U.S. News um, ratings this year, which is pretty impressive.
0: That The thing that the thing that I found so amazing about their NICU was just the, the breadth of – I mean, there's so many children in there. A lot of them take such specialized care. I mean, what did you find from these nurses that were giving you just hours and, and days of their time?
7: Oh, I mean, they – give it their all they they leave with the job on their mind we had nurses and doctors check in on us when they were off for multiple days um call us um they just really go above and beyond
0: and you know a lot of these people you know a lot of these people personally now this is not just sort of a sort of sort of a see ya we're gone kind of thing
7: oh yeah definitely several of them have become um, really good friends so i'm very thankful for that
8: i'm dana cop franklin associate editor
0: And what category do you want to talk about?
8: I want to talk about Best Ramen.
0: And who is the winner of Best Ramen?
8: Otaku Ramen. Um, Down here in the Gulch? Here in the Gulch, although it started in East Nashville. It actually started as a pop-up and then was in East Nashville. And now is in a beautiful Palace of Noodles in the Gulch.
0: Great. What do you love about Otaku Ramen?
8: Um, Well, it was created by um, Sarah Gavigan, who is a transplant from L.A., and just was missing ramen and the, particularly the bone broth. And so she just started experimenting, um, buying hundreds of pounds of pork bones.
0: As one does.
8: <laughs> right, from Porter Road Butcher, boiling them down and creating the perfect broth. Um, then she went on a search for the perfect ramen and got hooked up with Sun Noodles. And uh, the rest is history.
0: And what's your what's your favorite when you go in?
8: Uh, a lot of times I'll f- try whatever she's got that's vegetarian, just because that's more unique. But I love that they're kind of their most famous product, which is Tennessee Tonkatsu, which is um, just very very pork heavy,
0: delicious, super rich,
8: super rich pork broth with local pork meat in there, vegetables. Uh, it's, it's amazing.
0: And what's another category you wanted to talk about?
8: Best bagel.
0: And who's the winner?
8: Proper bagel.
0: Proper bagel over on Belmont.
8: It's a similar story of people moving here from elsewhere, a family, the Speranza family moved here from New York.
0: And they found that Nashville does not have a ton of great bagels.
8: No, I mean, I'm not going to cast aspersions on any places, other places we have, but, um, they really know their stuff. Um, the parents have been in the running bagel shops for something like 35 years. Um, so they really know how to do it right. And uh, they got the, redid the place so they have a, a perfect setup for doing the boiling and the baking. And it's it's really authentic. It's really the way you want a bagel to be.
0: Now, they're in your neighborhood. So on a, on a weekend when you want a bagel, what are you going in for? What's your go-to?
8: Well, I love Nova Scotia salmon, and um, they import their smoked fish from Brooklyn, and it's great stuff. So So, it's
0: what you want to hear in a Jewish deli, imported from Brooklyn. (laughs)
8: Um, Although they hand-cut the salmon. Well, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but uh, it's it's perfectly done, and it comes with their uh, scallion cream cheese. I always get it on a... Pumpernickel bagel, because I'm obsessed with Pumpernickel bagels. They're just the best. I would note, though, that they also have a lot of other things. They have a whole glass counter full of salads, and they have also have pastries, and um, they have a chef named Joshua Simpson who's pretty well thought of. He was uh, a participant in the Music City Food and Wine Festival a couple weeks ago.
0: And they make their, they make their bagels old school. Oh yeah, they're boiled then baked.
8: If you look, happen to look at the back, there's this sort of black giant square room that they built that is strictly for making the bagels and you know keeping everything perfect.
9: I'm Nancy Floyd, the editor of Infocus Magazine and a super important contributor to the Nashville scene.
0: Thanks. <laughs> it's true, right? Um, sort of. Yeah, ish. Uh, Nancy, what category do you want to talk about?
9: Well, I want to talk about all the categories because I wrote 25 and I love them all equally.
0: Nancy, you're not that important.
9: (laughs) I don't think I'm very important. Everybody wrote a
0: lot. (laughs) Give me one.
9: Okay. I want to talk about um, the best place to get your ass kicked in a good way. And who won? Title Boxing Club.
0: Wow. Tell me a little bit about them.
9: Okay. Well, the obvious reason they won is because it's this really intense full body workout. And regardless of how long you've been going there, you're always going to get your ass handed to you. But... They have this really incredible staff, which includes like MMA fighters and ex-military. They've got a ballerina-turned-boxer, who is basically life goals, and um, (laughs) and Olympic weightlifters. But it's a really, really great stress reliever because you get to hit things, which this year feels really important. (laughs) And... um, so it then is a good it's a good stress relief after work. Maybe you have, you know, an editor who doesn't appreciate the value you bring to a publication or just theoretically. Your job. theoretically, I mean, hypothetically speaking. So it's just, yeah, it's an incredible place.
0: Awesome. Uh, what other category did you want to talk about?
9: Best holiday tradition.
0: Best holiday tradition. And it is?
9: It is seeing it's a wonderful life at the Bell Court.
0: Awesome. Yeah. What? So what why does that mean anything for you?
9: Well, I am, like, obsessed with Christmas. People that know me know that I, like, am bored. I mean, I'm obsessed with Christmas. I, I literally spend, like, every day of December doing something holiday-related. But seeing It's a Wonderful Life at Belcourt is something I do every single year. And it's that's an incredible movie. Seeing movies at the Belcourt is an incredible experience. But the two together, getting to watch that film, surrounded by, you know, moviegoers who are cheering with you and crying with you and spontaneously bursting into song at the end, it's just, it's really magical.
0: I think people miss the communal experience. Right. They they the you just can't get that. And with especially with that movie, which is so emotional.
9: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great thing. They do it every year. They usually do it the week leading up to Christmas. Sometimes on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. So everyone should go do that this year.
0: Is there a part of the movie that always makes you cry?
9: Um, the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just sobbed through the entire end, basically. But I also feel really happy. They're happy tears. So. Just makes me feel like the richest woman in Bedford Falls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, you're welcome.